Mission accomplished, Gabe. Uh, hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. A podcast where I go year over year and remind and introduce Gabriel to the pop culture he might have missed while he was being homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world. begin what year we're discussing today there was one question from the previous episode that i didn't ask that i wanted to ask we were just ran out of time but it is gabe if you could play one character from a movie what character would that be all right so despite the very clear instructions for this i have two answers okay can i take different approaches can i say that i feel like i know what universe it's from I, I mean, I, I had a hard time deciding, but I feel like I have I, I've narrowed it down to one that I feel strongly about. Yeah. But go on, go on, go on. There's definitely involvement there. OK, so my first thought was probably what you're thinking. But I also like immediately thought like, boy, it's like a superhero movie would be pretty fun, right? Just mass murdering a bunch of civilians by the. Oh, yeah. Collateral like, damage. And with with and when everybody cheers for you after. Ugh. No, it's not the boys. Oh, that's not a movie. Um. Uh, so I thought, like, oh, okay, superhero stuff's pretty fun. So I thought, you know, what superhero would I uh, get a kick out of portraying? And uh, I feel like like Captain America. I think I think that was, I, I mean, you know, I'd have to take so many steroids to get that size. But, you know, it'd be worth it. That I can actually see. You, you... I mean, oh, I was going to say, I just, I, I, I think the advantages, like, I like the hero. I like what he represents. And then the... You get to play across the eras, which is which is kind of cool too, because you get to you get to do like the World War II thing. You get to do, so you know. And I guess it's a character that that you know like goes through so such a learning curve and and uh, evolves so much, you know. Plus, and you're not too far from it. Again, like you've already got the end game look. You've already got the. I mean, you're. I'm nomad. You, <laughs> you even are. All right. Okay. All right, and what was the other? So, my second answer would be the more obvious. So, I, I just anything in Star Wars, right? Like you, what, what, uh, what's his name? James Bond, newest James Bond. Can't think of it. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. He was just a stormtrooper in it, right? He was just mm -hmm. a random stormtrooper. It would have like it wasn't even uncredited. He just he was in there, and you know people talked about it. So yeah, I, I mean you know you give me any part, I'll, I'll miss as a stormtrooper. I'll put on an alien mask, you know whatever. Just just put me in Star Wars. And I'll, and I'll be there. Yeah, but that's a, that that's that's like saying I'll be an extra. No, I'm talking about a right, right, right. Living... That's why I had a real answer. But I like just to be oh, in Star okay. Wars. Like you know, if you could pick anything, sure. Like you could pick something in Star Wars to be. That'd be pretty cool. I, I really, but, uh, I really thought you were gonna go with Mando. Oh, I mean, that's not but, a movie. But that's not a movie. You're right. You're I know. Right. So like, I couldn't pick that. Like that would have been the obvious. And then answer. Han Solo. Right. Luke, uh, no, everybody, but nobody wants to be them at the same time, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see that. All right. The year? 1990. Wait a minute. Did you have an answer? Oh, shit. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was so interested like in your answer. Okay. <laughs> so I want to be... I want to be the man with no name. If I could play see, any I character... I was going to guess. Yeah. If I could play it's any character... Absolutely. I, you know, I, I love the fact that, that 
that character lives within those three movies, but he doesn't have an origin and he never has an end either, you know? It's it's almost like his origin is he rides in from this, you know, from the horizon and the quintessential he, cowboy. And he rides out into the sunset and he just continues that cycle. Um, I love that there is no ending. There is no like, you know, like there's no purpose to 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 what drove him to be who he is. You know, like he just is. He is that person. Um, other characters, you learn about them, right? In the movies, you learn about what their background is, what drives them to be that person. But with him, he just is that like and I love that character. He, you know, he suffers. He goes through things. He recovers. He is not always the hero he's always cool um but yeah like his existence is 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 very neutral like you know i don't know i don't something about him but uh but also you know the poncho uh smoking cigars you know skinny jeans just looked cool yeah a western would be fun too just from a from a uh, an actor's perspective i imagine it's got to be that's got to be a fun role to play. I mean, there's stuff involved, but like you gotta you get to mess around with like horses and animals, which if you like animals, like I like I do, I'm sure you do. Like that's fun. You get to you know practice quick draw and stuff. And you know, and and obviously avoid the avoid the um, the weird stuff, right? Like, you know, well, not the weird stuff, but the, the historically inaccurate stuff, like you know, like the mass murdering of native americans and and maybe not killing off half the population of buffaloes and you know that, that stuff like the re- and and you know the, the land inconvenient things yeah. the land taking all that avoid all that because he avoided all that and that's the thing like he was in that the civil war a little bit but not you know anyway but anyway man with no name is my answer and, and i think I, I would be happy playing him in any of those three films they were all so good but thank you for reminding me. It's a good me. answer. It's yeah, a good you. answer. I, I believe so, too. All right. The year, 1996. Germany celebrates its first Holocaust Remembrance Day. Howard Stern radio show premieres in Boston. Braveheart won an Oscar for Best Picture, and Mel Gibson won an Oscar for Best Director. And Rent the Musical opens. Where are you in life in 1996, Gabe? All right. So, 96 puts me at eight years old. It's a good age. Uh, I'm, I should be still in Ranch Cucamonga, living on that almost an acre. So, I play outside a lot, especially at this point, because the earlier back we go in that saga, the less computer there was. You know, I've got your, I've got a, a very, uh, I think, classic uh, evolution there. Like, as technology advanced, I got more, less outside, more inside. <laughs> But at this point, I think we're still, there's a lot of, you know, there's a swing on the tree that we made. And uh, I uh, I have a vivid imagination, so um, I don't have to play the role of any particular because I get to be whoever I want at the time. I had a, uh, I remember, I think by this point I had a, uh, the Han Solo blaster that makes the sound effect. Oh, okay. It's bright orange for some reason, probably to make sure I didn't get shot by the police or something, but the whole thing was bright orange. But it did make cool blaster sounds, so I did that a lot outside. I also had a toy uh, lever action rifle, so I did. I went from the west to space on a daily basis. It's almost like a space cowboy. Almost. Yeah, I was the Mandalorian before that uh, happened. Hmm. 
96 for me. I am um, I am two years into high school. I specifically remember this would be this would put me in like the tenth grade. That's when I found out I didn't have to take math anymore, <laughs> and I opted out the minute I found out and took an elective instead. I I, I agree with that decision. Yeah, I, I think ge- geometry, geometry or algebra too. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. If that's all it requires, I'm out. Same with PE. PE was the the dumbest thing ever. We just sat outside and like maybe walked around, uh, and they called it exercise. No, no. So I, I, I by by um, by that time I was like, yeah, no, I'm done with those two. I, I was done with school. Like I didn't realize that. I know. I thought I realized that I didn't. It didn't. I. I didn't have much else to learn when I looked at my curriculum. The classes for the next year and a half were pointless. I was like, so wait, a continuation of math, a continuation of literature, not necessarily grammar or English, but, you know, literature, you know, and like economics and government and things like that. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, this is, this is not preparing me for anything. Again, had I done better in junior high, I could have been in better places in high school, but neither here nor there. Uh, so, yeah, no, 96 was a good year, uh, you know, running the streets, doing my thing. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Going to the movies. Uh, and speaking of movies, yeah, well, uh, transition's the, good. the big movie that comes out in 1996 is Independence Day. Oh, that is a big movie. That is a big movie, right? Ensemble cast, you got your Will Smith, your Bill Pullman, our beloved Jeff Goldblum, um, Randy Quaid, uh, Judd Hirsch? Yeah, Judd Hirsch. Basically, well, first of all, did you watch it at the time, later on? Later on. Later on? Yeah. Any thoughts on Independence Day? I mean, it is a it is everything you would want from a like '90s summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Like it 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 had the big explosions, like that that scene. Oh, when the White the, House gets blown up. Yeah. Or when, that, or when the so Empire State Building. The White House. Oh, because they blew up another building too, right? Anyway, but yeah, go ahead. So the White House. Yeah, it's funny because there was a there was a theater that we went to to see movies and. They, their um their intro thing you know where they run through like whatever their brand is and they're showing a bunch of clips like that clip played oh, really? and of course this is late this is a little bit later on as well but like that thing like just like that was an iconic moment that was worth for them to show it was like you know what movie we're talking about because here's what we're showing you and uh just you know just fun and uh showing you know the the best of humanity when confronted with an outside threat like like any good sci-fi would and and you know it's funny you say that like because this movie is is recognized as like the forefront of like a large scale disaster sci-fi movie like this is and exactly what you said. This kind, this movie kind of redefined that summer blockbuster. Like this is what you should expect, you know, like from movies going forward type of thing. Um, you know, the highest grossing film of 96, 75 million dollar budget went on to make 675 million dollars. So, yeah, like I think after that, people were like, oh, we can do this. And this is what they want in the summer. Like it seemed it, it, it definitely created a, a vibe of that. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's a really fun movie. I, I remember I rewatched it uh, last year. Still good, still fun. Uh, you know, Will Smith is a charismatic lead, you know, lead character. I mean, that dude can pull, can carry a movie this big. He d- d- definitely can. Fun movie. Um, yeah, and when, and when you point him in the right dile- direction, he slaps aliens. Ooh, boy, oh boy. Moving on, because we're not political here. Well, technically, it's not political. It's, it's, <laughs> it's dumb that it happened. Um, <laughs> Train Spotting comes out in '96, also. This I remember watching in the theaters with my friends. Like I remember, because like Iggy Pop had the the Lust for Life song in the soundtrack. So I remember hearing the soundtrack first, because back then, you know, the songs would be connected to the movie. So the song would right. come out, and like from the soundtrack to this movie. Then you'd see the music video and it had clips from the movie and you were like, oh, this movie looks great. I remember going with my I, friends to watch it and it was fantastic. I have not seen it, but I know someone who likes that movie a lot. I mean, you probably know a ton of people who like this movie a lot because it's a really good movie. That's fair. Uh, directed by Danny Boyle and starring your your younger self, Ewan McGregor. Owen <laughs> Bremer, Johnny Lee Miller, Kevin McKidd, Robert Carlyle, and uh, Kelly McDonald in her debut. She was like, I wanna... well, she plays a teenage girl, so she was probably five years older. So maybe in her late teens, early 20s. Um, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Adapt- Adapted Screenplay. $12 million budget. Uh, went on to make $72 million internationally. So... Uh, no, a really fun movie uh, for what it is, right? It's a story of a bunch of uh, junkies and, and what they go through. Um, I, I I dug that 20 years later they did the remake and they followed all the characters and they were all still alive. Uh, you know, so, that, so, so it's a fantasy movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, I remember watching it. and Yeah, it was right up my alley. It was, a, it was one of those movies that I, I, can, I think for me anyway, a teenager like – want you know like that grittiness of, of of filmmaking almost you don't know you want it but you're like i know i don't want like you know like i know i don't want um you know great expectations right but right. but i i there's something about this that feels like this is for a teenager slash early 20s individual and i think they got us with this one uh, another big one, and one, not a big one, but one one of my favorite movies because it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, the Birdcage, starring uh, Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, and Diane West. Oh, uh, there's a uh, Callista Flockhart, and of course uh, Hank Azaria. I forgot. I almost forgot about Hank Azaria. Birdcage, Gabe, have you seen it? I don't even know if I've heard of it. Okay, so definitely haven't seen it. I don't know if it's wild to say this, but you need to put this right behind Shawshank Redemption on your list. Um, so it's an English remake of a of a seventies um, Italian film uh, and a musical of the same name. But it is um, it's it's really really good, Gabe. The Birdcage is is a very very funny movie, and everyone's performances is ridiculously good. Like Nathan Lane and Robin Williams are incredible in this film. And, and, and again, and I only mention them because they get the most screen time, but Hank Azaria almost steals his entire movie with his performance. I believe anyway, it's I mean, such, anything with Robin Williams. Yeah, no, but I, it's worth watching. It's, it's so good. Nathan Lane though is, is so, so good. My God. 
right. Yeah, it's a comedy. Uh, it's based out of my in Miami, so it's fantastic. It's the 90s, so the clothes are fantastic also. Um, but yeah, $31, uh, $31 million budget uh, went on to make like 180 So not 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 too shabby, but I'm surprised you haven't even heard of it, though. I, I, yeah, I don't recognize it. Oh, my God. You, you know, Gabe, our friendship will always stay fresh with conversations like this. It's like, I, it's like I'm, I'm meeting you again. It's like our first date, and, I, and we're talking about movies, and I'm like, you haven't seen The Birdcage? It's like every three episodes, I can say. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost memento. There's genuine shock every, every three episodes. That's what sells the podcast. <laughs> I hope people are listening going, he hasn't seen The Birdcage? <laughs> if somebody can comment that that'd be great all right perfect popular tv shows of 96 you have er seinfeld suddenly susan friends and the naked truth uh shows that ended in 96 this show i used to watch a lot k cal used to have this if i recall do you remember or have you heard of american gladiators yes all right okay for those of you who haven't it was a a series a show, let's see, I don't know if you can call it a series. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show that would take amateur athletes and have them compete against each other, but they were also competing against the show's uh, gladiators. And, and the contest would have different, different um, ways to show speed and agility and endurance, right? Like, basically. Uh, it was on from ni- from eighty nine to ninety six, and and uh, I remember the gladiators are really cool names like Laser and Blazer and and all those. It was such a fun show to watch, man. I remember like the gladiators would like would there was one where like the the gladiator was sta- was on a on a uh, on a pedestal right or or on a on an upper on an upper uh, floor or upper advantage point. Let's say that. And he would have a, um, a, a gun that would shoot um, tennis balls. And he would have a target on him. So, and this one always sticks in my head. So the, the competitor, the athlete, would have to run from one position to another. And at each position, there would be a different type of weapon that he could try to fire at the gladiator's bullseye. If he, if he was able to hit it, the gladiator would be knocked out and he would win that, 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 that competition. But yeah, but the the gladiator was just consistently shooting the damn uh, uh, tennis balls at him, and he had to be quick to be able to get to the next one, and then try to. It was it was such a great show, such a great show, it was so much fun to watch. I think they rebooted it in the two thousands or something. Or I think happened. they did. But no, it was such a fun show. Were you allowed to watch that, or was it something you just learned about later on? I think I I, I think it was something that I saw clips of at times. Because it's just you know there was nothing particularly offensive. It wasn't like we didn't. We, it wasn't a show that got watched at home. But I think I saw some of it out, and you know that's the kind of thing that's going to draw your eye as a kid. Yeah, and there and was there was technically no, there was technically no violence or anything in it, right? Yeah, it's just you know, it's just people dressed pretty ridiculously running around doing stuff. They were all dressed like wrestlers with like American colors on them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just very brightly colored like leotards or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was it. Yep. That was it. And, and, you know, knee pads and helmets. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, when you combine all that, looks a little ridiculous. A little bit. Another show that ended, and I think we talked about this show when it started, 
But uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's shows like this. You, you have to mention twice. Biker mice from Mars. <laughs> the uh, what is it? Anthropomorphic anthropo anthropomorphic or humanized animal. Yeah. 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 Mice bikers who escape a war in their home world. Come to Earth only to find that the same forces that were trying to take over their world are now taking over Earth. So now they must defend Earth. Fan not realizing how mice are treated here, naturally. Did, little did they know. Little <laughs> did they know that they might have had the numbers, but they did not have the power. No respect. So uh, three years on, uh, you know, ended in uh, 96. And then this one, Gabe. This one, I want to play the intro. Because even, there's no, like, music to it. It's going to be, it's going to explain the entire thing. But there's a very specific character that I want to talk about in this um, that I always just felt bad for. And I think we, we all did. We all did. Our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of the Earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. She sends five magic... Go ahead, Gabe. I was going to say, I, I mean, I recognize this. Did you watch it? Yes. It, it, so, hang on. Let's get, let's get to the... So, so you know... Uh, LeVar Burton's character has Earth. The guy from New York has uh, fire. The girl from the Soviet Union, by the way, from Russia, in the first two seasons. And from South America, Mati, with the power of heart. The power of heart. Okay. Didn't know it was an elemental force. Captain Planet. Well, you can't, you can't have the environment without heart. Um, so... So let's talk about the characters, right? So um, the African guy has the power of Earth and he can move the Earth. The guy from Brooklyn can move, uh, can control fire, can make fire happen. Um, the girl from Russia can control wind, which, by the way, the first two seasons, she was from Russia. Seasons three and four and five, I think. She was from Eastern Europe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she immigrated to another country. It she sounds sure like. did. Um, sounds Ukrainian to me. The uh, the Japanese girl, I think she had, she controlled water, and then they get to the Central American guy or South American guy, and they're like heart. Now, when they talk about the Earth guy, like he made the Earth shake in a piece of like a mountain grew. When they showed the the fire guy, he melted he melted cement in order to catch a truck to fall into it. Right. When they mentioned the wind girl, the wind girl was able to make the wind like wrap all this trash around this guy. When they talked about the, the water girl, she, she created a, a water tornado and captured the bad guy. When little Maite comes out, he like grabs a monkey and you see his ring has a heart on it. And I was like, you know, that's a, <laughs> what was his power? I always felt bad for that guy, but he was part of the team. Also, he was uh, necessary to summon. Also, upon re, re upon rewatching the intro, I always thought Hart was from India. I didn't realize he was from from South America. Yeah, I don't think I realized that either. Yeah. In retrospect, here. Yeah, it took me watching this a couple of times this uh, today when I was prepping. I was like, oh, okay. So I imagine that because, and and so let's talk about one thing. Uh, let's talk about the fact that. They made an action show in order in order to be able to break through to teenagers and young people about 
pollution. And they successfully did that with this. They created a superhero that we all bought into. I'm very proud of that for them. It did not make me want to recycle anymore or anything like that. But I was like, planeteers, man. We're all planeteers, guys. So We all have the power of heart. <laughs> we all have the <laughs> uh, but yeah so this was a show you were allowed to watch or you watched later on uh i definitely saw it later on in reruns i think uh i want to say that like i i remember glimpses of it i don't think i processed a ton of it at the time i don't think i watched it re like regularly but i think i i saw it on tv on occasion hmm I, not enough to follow any story or to realize that the guy wasn't from India, naturally. I don't know if there was a story. I think they just kept addressing. I think there was like things that like, I mean, not like a super contiguous story, but like, you know, I just saw bits and pieces. It was just like, ah, Captain Planet. All right. Yeah. Do like, the thing. Do the thing. Yeah. I think I think every arch villain had a had a environmental grudge. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think each episode was like, oh, well, this guy's the oil guy. Well, this guy's the trash guy. This guy's the, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that ended uh, 90 to 96. Now, shows that started in 93, uh, 96, I'm sorry. Did you ever watch uh, Third Rock from the Sun? I didn't. But you heard of it? Yep. On from 96 to 2001, uh, back in the day when, like, uh, uh, a station owned the show. So this was, excuse me, a broadcasting station owned the show. So this was a NBC show. It was about, uh, a, well, not a family, right? They became a family, but it was about four extraterrestrials that come to earth to like, uh, learn. Like they were almost scientists, right? Because I guess they, they thought it was a planet that wasn't worth their time. Uh, so they they they're able to pose like humans and basically mimic human behavior. Uh, it was a comedy uh, starring John Lithgow, Kristen Johnson, French Stewart, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This was his uh, his big breakthrough performance. John Lithgow, of course, was already incredibly famous from everything he had done, including being the bad guy in Cliffhanger. Everybody, and in the um, Harry and the Hendersons, the Bigfoot movie. Just putting it out there. Uh, yeah, I, I remember I never watched this continuously. I watched episodes here and there. I thought it was a funny show. Um, you know, you could see. I I always thought that French Stewart was going to be the breakout character from this show. He had such a unique character and it didn't go anywhere for him. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was just a teenage kid. So I thought, oh, it's a teenage kid, like teenage actors. They they. they Never would have guessed he would have been the breakout one who is now one of the, the you know, uh, best actors. I think I, I strongly believe right. he, is, he is one of the best actors we have in the market right now. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a funny show. I thought it was great uh, to watch when I did. But I, again, I never I never followed it through to see what the beginning to the end of that show was. And if they ever went back or they stayed or they married or had children. I don't know. Speaking of shows that I didn't really pay attention to, but I knew were existed and, and watched a lot by people everybody loves raymond stars in 1996 also this was a show also again a show go ahead that i was well, very aware of did not i don't think i've ever watched uh, i've seen clips but i've never watched an episode i've watched a handful of episodes when i've been in hotel rooms and there was nothing on because in hotel rooms you have no choice but to watch 
it was a funny show, but never enough for me to be like, I want to watch that. Um, but yeah, this was uh, on from 96 to 2005, so nine years. Ray Romano, Patricia Heaton, Brad Garrett, Doris Roberts, and the great Peter Boyle. For those of you who don't know Peter Boyle, the only movie I'll ever mention is Young Frankenstein as, Franken as, as the Frankenstein monster. He was amazing in that. And I remember watching an episode, though, because somebody told me about it, where they do a Halloween episode and Peter Boyle dresses like, uh, like, like Frankenstein. I was like, that is the greatest, coolest thing ever. Um, but yeah, so uh, that came out in 96 also. Moving on to people who died in 1996. Now, this one is going to need a little background music. But I think we, know, we all know who this is going to be. So yes, Tupac, American rapper and actor, uh, widely considered one of uh, the most influential rappers of all time, uh, passed away while he was in Las Vegas and people pulled up on him and Suge Knight and shot up the car and he didn't survive. Uh, I'm a huge fan of rap, obviously, everybody knows that, and I'm definitely a huge fan of, of Tupac. I I was getting into into back into rap because in the late... In the all through the through what I consider the '80s, the late '80s for me, when I was very aware, I was listening to a ton of gangster rap and a ton of rap, right? A lot of N.W.A., Easy, Dr. Dre, like Snoop Dogg. Up until '92, '93, then I got very deep into alternative music, and then I I was wavering back and forth, um, and I was getting back into rap in the mid '90s, and Tupac was definitely on the radio in the West Coast, like he was everywhere um and yeah i wasn't as i wasn't as as deep into him when it happened but obviously now in retrospect you're like man he was he was everywhere because when you when i listened to the songs i was like oh yeah these songs were playing all over the place at the time but i i was you know i was still discovering myself as a as a as a young man and and at this time it was it was definitely alternative there was a lot of you know, teenage anger and things like that. And, and rap did not quite touch that, that genre when it came to like expressing um, teenage angst the way that alternative and grunge and, and hard rock did so, so well. Uh, so I was in a different, it was, I was in a different place when he passed, but uh, I appreciate his work now, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Tupac died in uh, 96 at the age of 27. The next individual we'll talk about, I actually have a clip of because I, 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 I've read his work. Um, he is, uh, he is a an astronomer, a planetary scientist, a cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobio astrobiologist. He was an author, and um, he said he didn't take science as the final word. So he was very open minded to like say, if you can think about science, you should think about everything else type of thing. Right. And and here's a, something that that I that I want you to listen to. If you want to know what it's like inside a black hole, look around. But we don't yet know whether the universe is open or closed. More than that, there are a few astronomers who doubt that the redshift of distant galaxies is due to the Doppler effect 
who are skeptical about the expanding universe and the Big Bang. Perhaps our descendants will regard our present ignorance with as much sympathy as we feel to the ancients for not knowing whether the Earth went around the sun. If the general picture, however, of a Big Bang followed by an expanding universe is correct, what happened before that? Was the universe devoid of all matter and then the matter suddenly, somehow created? How did that happen? In many cultures, the customary answer is that a god or gods created the universe out of nothing. But if we wish to pursue this question courageously, we must, of course, ask the next question. Where did God come from? If we decide that this is an unanswerable question, why not save a step and conclude that the origin of the universe is an unanswerable question? Or, if we say that God always existed, why not save a step and conclude that the universe always existed, that there's no need for a creation, it was always here? These are not easy questions. Cosmology brings us face to face with the deepest mysteries, with questions that were once treated only in religion and myth. That's right, Gabe. Mr. Carl Sagan passes away in 1996. He um, wrote many popular science books, uh, and uh, what you heard right there, he co-wrote and uh, narrated the award-winning 1980s television series Cosmos. The most widely watched series in the history of American public television, Cosmos has been seen by at least 500 million people in 60 countries. Um, Sagan also assembled the first physical message sent into space. Uh, he created the, the language pattern that he that they felt would best be able to be introduced to aliens. Uh, he died from pneumonia at the age of uh, 62. Was Carl Sagan uh, allowed in your home? Uh, I think not at the time, probably for questioning God and, and is he questioning God or is he saying, ask more questions? I mean, what do I hear or what was I, or what was I told? <laughs> what are you asking me here? <laughs> um, so not directly, but I, I did, I did find out a lot about him later. So yeah, no, quite, it, quite, it, the guy, quite the show, quite the show. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Big fan of his. He brought that show back with uh, help from Seth MacFarlane, I think. I think from, so. from Family Guy. Um, but he has a great story about like he went to meet him once and that he was like the most gracious host. And basically like he he knew he was already on that path and meeting him, his idol, uh, just solidified the fact that that's the way he needed to go and when you think about you know neil he's like a a cool nerd you know to a certain extent in the you know quotation nerd uh and you know he got that from somebody else a mentor like carl so you know they might have you know like they were hip squares you know like that type of thing uh and uh yeah no it's, it's always fascinating to hear somebody who's able to explain something complicated in a in an easy way for me to understand and i think carl and neil both do that incredibly well where where yeah i i feel like i understood what they were saying and i know and i understand that they had to dumb it down for me to understand it um 
But then sometimes saying something like we're all just, you know, star made out of stardust makes so much sense, too, when it's that simple. Um, but yeah, passed away in um, in uh, 96. The next name I will give you, uh, I don't think you'll know, but you might because recently they made a movie about him. Uh, Jonathan Larson. No? Okay. So earlier in the episode, I mentioned that Rent premiered in Broadway in 96. Jonathan Larson was an American composer, lyricist, and playwright, most famous for writing the musicals Rent. And the reason why I said recently, there's a movie on Netflix that just came out uh, a couple months ago called Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield, who plays him doing the, the Broadway show after Rent. Mm. Um, the reason why he came into my radar is because when I was doing research for this, I saw I saw that Rent was up. Now, I've seen Rent the movie. I've never seen the, the Broadway show. Um, but when I learned about what happened was, so they were doing, uh, the, he started like kind of showing off Rent in the, you know, like the year before it, it was actually released, uh, like not even off Broadway, but like for previews, right? Rent didn't actually um, go into Broadway until April of 96. He passed away in January of, of, of 96 after the first off-Broadway performances had, had been done. So he never actually saw his, his baby Rent on Broadway and the impact that that rent has had on Broadway since is insane like after his death he got a Pulitzer Prize for the work of, of rent alone <laughs> um you know so it's it's kind of a sad story that this you know this person had worked so hard to make this happen to then never actually see it turn into what it became and then for the accolades that he he, he received afterwards Classic artist tale. But yeah, uh, 10 days before his uh, his 36th birthday, um, he died from uh, uh, aortic dissection, mm. believed uh, to have been caused by an undiagnosed Marfan syndrome. I'm not sure uh, what that is, but but yeah, passed away in January. And then in April, uh, Rent uh, premieres in Broadway and becomes, you know, one of the, one of the long. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's. I think everybody knows Rent. I think everybody knows it, and they've they've heard a parody of it, a variation of it, uh, a clip or something of it. Like I think it's it's right up there with like Les Misérables and like Cats. You know, like when you mention Broadway, when you think of Broadway, you think Rent. You do. So that that, that was an interesting one, and a uh, uh, you know a little bit a uh, little story there. Uh, Tekken Toys. The first Tomb Raider video game releases in 1996. Yeah. Start of a legend. Right? I remember playing this um, at someone's house because I was not, I was not yeah. having it. And not even in 96, like in 97 or 98. But I remember playing like Pitfall and I remember playing those types of games. And when they would describe this game, they were like, yeah, it's like, you know, like a, like a, you know, like a treasure hunter, you know, like Indiana Jones, like that type of. And uh, and yeah, I remember playing. I was like, wait, this person like can like, you know, hang from their hands and like scooch to the side to get to another side. And there's I mean, it was it was an extraordinary game to play. 
And then the cool thing about the double guns and how she could whip them out and just start shooting as she was like running back and you could turn. It was such a fun, cool game. It was a difficult game. It was a difficult game to play. Uh, but I remember this game and I remember it being very cool and very fun. Did you ever play the original? I can't be 100% sure. I feel like I had enough friends who had game systems and... I told you my, the story that my favorite thing to do was to go to one of those big targets. And then, mm -hmm. I, you know, my brother and I would, of course, scamper over to the electronics section and just be like, you'll find us at electronics. And we'll, we would just stand at the demo machine. So there's a good chance that I got to play some of it. But again, I also did not own the system. So isn't it amazing, though, like when you play like um, Uncharted now or like, you know, even the new Tomb Raider, you're like, Jesus Christ. Christ, like the difference the, it's insane dude i i you know but i remember like games like this games like siphon filter you know like um it was games that i was like uh, that's the one thing that they did a lot better than nintendo i will say right nintendo made fun games they they made legacy games but when playstation came out when xbox came out they started doing games that challenged you at a different level where you had to you had to no longer think as a video game and you almost had to think as a, an actual scenario uh i think it was like the, the verse the first version of a of an actual escape room like a virtual escape room <laughs> that's what a video game was in the in the in the 90s you know like when it came to yeah. that when it came to that because you know before that you were used to like doing things you're like well if i jump they'll grab on you know and then this game introduces you. We're like, well, it's the jump isn't big enough. So how else do you get there? And you're and you ha you're forced to look around the room. Like, wait, what? I can't just go straight and just jump as far as I can or do a double jump. You're like, no, this this is, you're gonna get there, but you gotta look around the room and you gotta figure out what that means. You know, like running down a hallway wasn't was no longer just running down a hallway. It was like, what looks different? What's what looks like a like a, a glitch and and go to it and you're like well, you can't just run through a hallway now <laughs> i that that was so fun and exciting to me um but yeah no it's I, a 3d I, environment man yeah yeah you know and I, and again like and the people do cut the comparisons now of what like lara croft looked like in 96 and what yeah, lara croft looks hilarious. like now and you know like dude like 360 view or the the evolution of her per game you know and stuff like you're yeah. like you're like it's it's amazing how like at the time mm -hmm. you're like oh my god it's so realistic and now you're like bro she's got skin like she's got texture in her skin she's got pores she's got pores yes uh it's amazing it's amazing uh and then we'll finish it up with uh, a little bit celebrity gossip very quick mm -hmm. one lisa marie presley files for divorce from michael jackson oh true love true love indeed all right, Gabe, that's the first year, the first episode of 1996. Uh, how are you feeling about this? I will, hang on, before you say that, I will say this. This is a good year or a bad year for death. Normally, like, it's always a little cringy for me because I'm like, oh, that person died and that person died. This one, um, it's sad to say, but there aren't that many great deaths. <laughs> Foiled again. Foiled again. Lot of, lots of good movies, but... Uh, but uh, luckily, not a lot. Of Maybe great. that's why. Maybe Wait. there's a correlation. We should do a or we should do a oh, comparative study. I, that, How big of a blockbuster? 
our the last episode of our of our first season is going to be a, a <laughs> statistics comparison of what what movies to what deaths. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna start a new club. It's not even gonna be the twenty seven club. It's gonna be the the fifty seven club. How many celebrities died at fifty seven? <laughs> but yeah, first episode of ninety six, man. What are your thoughts? It's good. It's fun to be kind of in the in the middle of the nineties. You know, like things are things are changing. There's a, it feels like there's a lot of movement in movies and games. You know. Like the '90s was a, an, uh, an era of change, and right, you, you know, '96. You're right at the cusp of a lot of big things, but there's a lot happening. It's exciting. It is. It is. And again, it's always so much fun to like, you know, like do the research because I'm like, I know I know these years, but even I'm surprised by some of this information. I'm like, this is exciting. Yeah. This is fun. So much fun. All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Remember, find us at, at Pop Culture Hangfire on your Instagram handles. And we will talk to you next week.